0: This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades
1: mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you weren't educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. let And
0: let me just say that, um, you know, Joe has has done this for many, many years in the area of sales for a lot of different corporations and a lot of different industries. He's done a lot with the automotive industry, but he has done a lot with a lot of different industries. When he's talking to you, what I want you to do is, I really want you to think about how can you take what he
1: says apply it to your business your industry and your your style if you're not a perfect person don't pretend to be a perfect person if you're not you know uh andy for don't be andy for be fucking joe it's dave Meltzer for some q a for the day hi joe You guys ever go buy a car and you don't know how to not get screwed at a car dealer? Ask Joe, the BDC genius Ingram. And that's my bread and butter, where I come from. But like, I love, like, I always like, I love, like, what Joe does. Hey Joe, tell tell everybody where they can find you, and tell everyone where they're going to be, because I'm sure there's a bunch of people who have seen you on here before, and they see you on social, and you know you're keeping it real.
0: You're keeping it real with, with good stuff. So tell everybody where they can find you and where. Will Ingram has the, he's uh, very powerful sales techniques. If you're in the auto industry, I'll definitely contact him. He's a great guy. He knows all the tricks and the traits in the auto industry business. So hit him up.
1: Welcome to War Games.
0: We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Shall we play again? Happy Wednesday, War Gamers. It's Joe Ingram, Sales Genius, your host. So Today, I am excited because I'm always excited when I have a guest. Guess who the guest is? It's me. So I'm twice as excited as I typically am because this one's going to be the Joe Show. That's in there, but let me go grab uh, Mrs. Ingram over here. She's here. We've got Dez, the nephew. We got Frank Ingram in the house, and we have the adopted child, Tyler Preston, Uh who's out there. Welcome VIPs. So let's see. Let's change it. There we go. All right. Fantastic. So I'm going to jump right into it today because you know me. If I can get you in and out and back to work selling something, it's going to make it all better. So, I got a couple slides to present with everybody. So, let's look through because today, what I put in there was we want to start talking about our target market. I've been working with a lot of people lately, and when they come up and they're like, Oh, I just don't know what it is I'm supposed to be focusing on. Who is it that I'm supposed to be looking for? And I'm like, Have you not defined your market for one? And then, second, would be your actual ideal client. And so, chasing that customer avatar is important, but are you providing a product that will get them what they, to to attract? What can you do? So let me go ahead and throw in here and say, let's look at this one. All right, so the importance of knowing your target market. This is what I need you guys to understand because I'm gonna give you some examples of how it went wrong, like way wrong kind of deal. And then we wanna look and say, how do you get the information you need to do this, okay? So the first thing we gotta look for is that We need to have better customer insight. So the customers you have now, we need to follow up with them and find out what attracted them to us and what is it that gave us the edge over anybody else. And so you can look at it. Guys, sometimes it's the way you dressed that they said, oh yeah, it's that way. But if for example, Tyler ends up talking to nobody but broke people, then we should probably say maybe my attire is attracting me to the broke people and I need to change the way I look. Yeah, you can hide under that hoodie if you want to, Eminem, but it ain't gonna work, okay? So we need to research into our market. And what does that mean? At the end, I'm gonna show you a couple tools you can use to get your, to understand your overall market. Now, looking at what it is we're going for, we have to agree our customers are the center of every business that's out there. If you, you you will know that they are the center when you realize there are none coming in, there are none calling, there are none reaching out. And then you go, wait, I need to understand this better. So I wanna go through this with you. Here's my first example. Some of y'all old enough to understand this one or reference it, right? McDonald's created in 1996, an arch deluxe burger. Okay, now if you don't know what it is, That's because that's how bad this stuff failed, right? They put it out there. So they put out there and it's one of the, like in the industry of business, it's one of the worst market research flops ever. Okay. So they said, Hey, the target customer is adults. Now I don't know about all y'all. I don't find it the best place for me to go as an adult. Is it a great place to take kids where it's going to be fast, easy, and you can get them something to eat and keep them quiet with some nuggets and fries and what have you. But they said, We want to throw out a grown up burger. We want to put out a burger that's for grown ups. Well, no one was looking for that. No adult was going, Oh, let me go do this. So when you're sitting here saying, Okay, what am I supposed to do? The answer is don't make a product if you don't understand who your target is. Now, They spent $150 million promoting this burger. Okay? And everybody was like, oh my goodness, this is going to, this will do great. Everybody at McDonald's said this will do great. Everybody in the industry said, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. Your best-selling burger is a Big Mac. Why try to kill the Big Mac with another burger? Because that Big Mac is what the adults got while the kids got the cheeseburger combos and the, the chicken nuggets. So they didn't, they failed just unbelievably bad. So I'm gonna ask a question, my VIPs, you guys in the audience that are there can answer it. But if McDonald's knew who its real market is, right? What do you think they would have done? Number one, offered a new more appealing product for their customers. Number two, spend less on advertising or three, limit the product production of that one. What do we think they would have done?
1: Get rid of the Arch Deluxe. Just get rid of that damn thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: If they had done, yes. Look, we got we got an answer already. Yes, number one is the right answer. Good job, Andre Torres. So, when you look at this, right? What was number number one? Says you would have found a more appealing product for your clients. So again, you would be saving that money you would be saving the fact that you didn't put it out there and maybe they would have found something that was more appealing to a key demographic within that had they done their market research, but they didn't, okay? So if you, what's the lesson I want you to take away? Knowing your target market gives you better insight on what product to offer your customer and that becomes what? A way more wise decision. Now, when you look at this, I want you to understand too, this works for the individual salesperson. This isn't, it has to be a corporation. It's not about that. It's about, are you building a product for yours? So for me, the easiest thing I can go back through and say, (laughs) Dan Altmaier, yes, is the arch enemy of business. (laughs) Okay. It, It definitely hurt them so much, but imagine losing $150 million just because you guys don't pay attention to what it is you're supposed to be doing. Someone should have been losing their job at that point. I want you to understand that once you define who your target is, you can now solicit from your target and the research that's out there. For example, if one half of 1% of the population can use your product, is it a viable thing for you to create? You have to ask yourself now, how many competitors are in the industry? If we look at Des, I'm assuming Des is still flipping cars and doing his stuff, right? So you have to look and say, how many competitors do I have in a market? How many people are out there looking? And we're gonna have to research and find out what is there. And so that's going to help us in that capacity to say, is this something real? How can you change industries if you don't know what the other industries could afford you? If you wanted to go into real estate sales, you'd have to sit back and say, I have to understand how many realtors are out there. What's the average one make? right? And how many different options are there for a realtor to go into? And if I want to start my own brokerage, what makes me different? What makes me the person that's going to get people to join me? And it's up to you to define what does that look like? Okay. So what do I get with uh, my, my market research, right? You can effectively reach out to your people. You can get ideas, new platforms. Do we all know that social media is pretty big right now? Do you realize that a new trend starts almost daily? So if a new trend is starting almost daily, how are you going to define yourself to say, this is important for my client today? You need to ask them and you need to find out. So anybody that does business with you, Des, if you got somebody to buy a car from you, I would turn around and say, well, what made you choose us? it could be the ads that you pop out so well it could be the color combination it could be a lot of things that go well this was what made me stop and see this so you got to go in and say what is it i'm doing then we do what we funnel money into what's working not the stuff that doesn't but too many people are spending their time shooting everything in every direction and hoping it oh dan that was good he wants an arch burger and a new coke (laughs) Yes. New Coke. And for everybody else going, what's new Coke? Oh yeah. We've already done this plenty of times. So we come out and say, this is the new version of something everyone likes and is paying for. Maybe we should change it. No, it's illogical. If nobody is, if it's going to hurt it, here's the big flop that I, I like to talk about Kodak. Does everybody remember Kodak? Okay. It's hard to remember Kodak now because Kodak was film. Kodak was really popular. At one point, 90% of the US film market came from Kodak. They were branded. They were the company that you said, if I want to trust film for my family pictures in my camera, I would do that. When digital photography came out, the person who invented the digital camera went to Kodak and said, look, we have the ability to electronically keep the pictures and see them immediately. And this is going to be the wave of the future. And they kicked the guy out. And they said, no, 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 because why? I believe that film isn't going anywhere. And I don't want it to hurt sales by offering something different. Debbie has made it in the building, everyone. Hello, Debbie. So looking at that, you guys have to understand where are you flexed and where can you sit back and say, is there a different way? You have to be acknowledging it. What I would prefer is that you actually were the one that disrupted the current. If threat. we sold the car that was not a sold order and there was hey. a scratch on it, do we have the same deal with him where he'll fix it for free? Or he needs let me, let me, let me mute it because Tommy's telling us about a scratch. Having- there we go. I was sitting there. I'm like, wait, wait, is there somebody I can't see on the screen? It yeah. was a hypothetical scratch. It didn't exist yet. Right, right. It was it was not there at time of delivery. It was unwind. <laughs> at time <laughs> of filming, it was not there. <laughs> Give them their money back. Yes, just bring the car back, swap it out. Yeah. But looking at that, guys, they were afraid of that. But think about their initial investment was in the film, in the chemicals, in everything they did to make the film itself. And now it's something that's virtually non-existent right now. Polaroid cameras are making a a comeback. Why? Because everybody goes, it's so nostalgic. This is the way my grandparents took pictures, right? But it's never going to take over past your phone. It's not going to become that, Oh, look, my phone is all here and now it's all perfect. And I'm going to give it up to go carry a camera around with me. But they chose to do that. But again, could they have stopped and done a market research study and asked people think about the conversation. If you said, hi, instead of using film that if you open the canister too early in the back of your camera would expose everything and it would be destroyed, right. Or taking it to the one hour photo, forgetting it's there, coming back three weeks later to get your memories and hope they didn't screw it up in the, in the process. Cause what happened when you were done, it was like permanent delete, If anybody messed up on those those pictures, it was gone. So you need to make sure you can look at it and do it. So what do you think Kodak's declining sales was caused by? Okay. Number one, ignoring the market research. Two, investing too much in the raw materials or three, poor branding. Okay, If you said three, you got issues, right? They had 90% of the film market. Branding was there imagine the trust that they had with their clients that they could have leveraged as they launched into this digital camera era with 90% of the film stuff. It would have been, Oh, I need to do that. So that's when they stopped and said, no, we choose to stay old school. We choose to stay going where we're going. Debbie threw up her sister traveled to train another company for film on film for DuPont. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a slow aging product (laughs) that went through. So at the time it was probably important for them. Okay. So when you gather information from your customers and you gather information from a market research standpoint, it avoids you taking effort and investment that isn't going to yield any results. And that's when you have to stop. Was the car market, for my car people here, was the car market ready for online sales 15 years ago. They couldn't handle it. They weren't set up. The companies, the dealerships themselves weren't, weren't set up for it, but the customer base wasn't set up for it either. The trust factor of the internet was not there. So nobody would want to go in and do that. We, we used to have to fight to get credit apps on our website. Okay, But if they talked to a person, they would give them all the information over the phone. So you'd have to look and say, how do, do you want to spend enough time training your customers on something new? Or do you want to ask them what direction it would go to? Okay. A simple example of what of how this worked. I went into a Starbucks in 2015 when the, when the mobile app had come out. And I was sitting there talking to the barista that was there. You know Joe and Starbucks and his baristas, and we were talking, and I said, and they said, why don't you just mobile order? We'll have it ready for you. And I said, because the mobile apps a pain in the butt. And the person, and there was a guy sitting there on the side with a big notebook and everything else. He got up and said, I'm sorry, I work for Starbucks corporate, and I'm here evaluating the mobile app and what we've put out. What do you mean it sucks? And I said, I can't find the location of the store that I am ordering on my way to work because I'm not nearby. So you gave me the option to find something nearby. I don't want something nearby. I want something 12 miles down the road. So when I exit the freeway and get off the freeway, right by my work, my, my Starbucks is ready. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I would like to have either a place that I ordered from previously or a favorite where I could say, let me favorite my store and I can click on that button and do it. And it was three months later, they released an app revision with that because the right person who was doing the market research to see what public said, happened to be sitting in a Starbucks that I went to. Was I the only person that said that? Probably not. It probably became an actual survey they sent out to all the people that had downloaded the app to ask their opinion. And when enough of the answers came back, yes, they said, okay, great, that'll be something we do. It was you,
1: bro. It was all you. You know what?
0: Debbie said the same thing. I'm the trendsetter. Yep, it's there. So, but again, are we listening to people and saying, you know what? That would have been easier if this happened. Okay, right? One of my uh, one of my dealership clients, we sat down and we said, oh, we got to do all these vehicle orders now. We got to go through all this stuff. I said, will you sign up for DocuSign, please? And they were like, what are you talking about? I said, sign up for DocuSign. When someone does an order, make a phone call, talk to them, tweak the order, send them a DocuSign with what they have to sign. And now you have proof that they did it. IP address tracking signatures on it. Everything comes from their email. It's fantastic. And they did. And it took days off of their ordering cycle because they didn't have to have the person come back in, right? Or say, call me back on a recorded line so we can do this. But it's all about what can I do? Look at the industry, look what's out there and say, what can I do to improve it and do it? So how do how do you guys go and do this market research process, right? First thing you're doing is defining the problem that you solve. So if you solve a problem, you need to define what that problem is, because this is all going to help you when you get to what is my ideal client avatar as well. Now we're going to develop a plan. What does the plan have to do? The plan has to say, how am I going to get this information? Who am I going to go after? What is it I'm supposed to be tracking? What you don't want to do is ask somebody's advice or ask somebody's opinion on one thing and then come back later. And remember, you should have asked two and three. So make sure you develop that plan based off of the problem and get all the data you need. Once you develop the plan, you collect the data from all these individuals. Collect the data and let the data tell you. Now, the big thing I put down here was analyze without bias. This is something really hard to do. If I believe a certain way, I want to try to read the data that way. Okay, that just means you're going to be that guy at McDonald's who said, Oh, yeah, I believe that all adults that take their kid there are looking for a more expensive burger. That's why some people choose McDonald's is for the because it's so expensive. No, they do it because it's cheap. It's fast that comes in. So I want you guys to understand that. Go through it without bias. Let the data tell you what the data is. Then review your options. What does that mean? Sit down and say, do I redefine my whole company? Do I change my product offering? Can I add something in a different area? Look at it and if they go, oh, well, this could happen over on this side. If that's what you can do, then I want you to review your options then make a decision. But we always say, what's the thing to do? You gotta make an informed decision. Well, get the information, let the information talk to you instead of you sitting back saying, this is what I wanted to say, here it is, okay? If I go send out 25 people a questionnaire that has three questions on it and I get 20 of them back and two of them agree with my mindset, that's not what I'm looking for and go, see, I was right. Those two people agree with me. Well, I'd rather look at the 18 people that had a different idea to define where it is I'm gonna go, what service do I offer? How can I improve my service? Like Dan Altemeyer earlier said, the new Coke. Right, We don't need to make a new formula of Coke if we're outselling all of our competitors and we're doing it. What could you add on top of Coke to help you own the market and keep going in that direction? So that's what I want you to look at. Now, this is the, the stuff I wanna look for. Um, if you go onto Google and type in market explorer, it will take you to this link, semrush.com market explorer. This is for business trends and marketing research for an overall business. If you want to know about social trends, what's coming up, you want to be ahead of the game in the social side of things. And I'll put the links in the actual um, show notes later. But in here, go to socialsearcher.com. It's going to show you what the trends are, what's coming on, so that you could get your message out to people. Because if I can say something in a different way, right? later today, I'm going to do a video on this quiet quitting joke of a of a movement right now, right? And I'm like, oh no. I mean, I, I was like, Siri, make a note. Joe needs to do a post on quiet quitting today. So I'm gonna be going out there doing a live video to say, hey guys, this is my thought on this absolutely stupid trend. But if you go to social trends, it's gonna start telling you this is where people are. If your opinion differs from a social trend, that by itself will bring attention to you and now you can bring it attention and show how your product service whatever it is will solve that problem so <laughs> Kimberly Slavic wants to bring back the pet rock i'm telling you Kimberly bring it back cuz right about now with the polaroid camera show somebody taking a picture with a polaroid camera of their pet rock and then now you got a marketing campaign and see if you can sell referrals to uh, the other ones But that's what it is. Yes, thank you, Miss Debbie Bettendorf, who will be out in November. And we're going to do a meet and greet live in person out in uh, Santa Monica. So, but guys, does this make sense to everybody? Do you see what has to happen? Stop sitting back, throwing something out there and hoping somebody engages. Hoping that somebody comes back to you with what you want. Find out what is working and how do we amplify it. Don't go make something new unless you know it's something that can be done. Okay. I was at um, my friend Steve Sims did his book launch last week in West Hollywood. I went out to it at the thing. One of the guys that's there is Brian Galky, who's normally on Gate, introduced me to. The guy spends a million and a half dollars a month for his clients on Google Google Ads, and he said. Google is putting out a brand new system that's all AI driven for Google Ads, where you just put your credit card in, set a budget, and it will go place ads everywhere it feels it'll help you. Okay. So, and it will tweak the ads to say, let's make it better. So, that's a fantastic product that's coming out. He said, I learned it because Google came to me because of my ad spend. They came to me and I learned the system. So now I have the ability to be in front of all these other ad companies and I can go train them. So now I'm gonna make money by training them on it and more clients can come to me and instantly see results because I know how to work the tool, okay? But one of the things he said was, there's so many touch points out there before somebody decides to buy with you, okay? And I looked and said, yeah, I know. And I said, it's like seven. And he said, you're the only person that's ever answered that number correctly. And I was like, I don't know, just sales. It's sales. You got to have seven quality touch points for someone to feel comfortable enough to spend money with you. He said, here's Google's answer. There's 500 touch points before someone buys. And they have taken it all the way back to when they can start dropping the touches in. So by day and estimated year of life, they can target you to buy things and sell you to anybody who's got that product. So I had my glasses on my shirt and he goes, oh, so um, are those prescriptions? I go, no, they're just readers. And he says to me, he goes, oh, so then what happened was you bought that online? I said, I did. He goes, so Google has that data. So they look at your date of birth because you already gave it to them. Right, He goes, and the fact that you bought this and the first time you bought them, this is what it says about you as far as your age and your eye deterioration. He goes, and now they say, hey, you know what? Joe will need orthopedic shoes 12 years from now. So we will start the irrelevant ad. Shut up, Frank. It is not six years. Right. 12 years from now. Right. Joe will need orthopedic shoes. And he said probably 15. But. Um, 12 years from now. So they will start from today with point number one, and then spend 500 touch points offering products and offering things that will follow along with me so that they can sell to an orthopedic shoemaker. This guy is ready within the next three months to buy shoes. Okay so they are literally taking every market trend every action everything that's out there to custom build a profile to sell you something so dan Altmeyer, the the answer is it depends right when will you need depends right so usually i would need depends probably a month after i had a problem because i will fight off that it's not a problem it was just i got scared easily so I want you guys to understand, I need you to get out there and take a proactive approach to your business so you don't get left behind. There's ways to get out here in every situation and there's value that you can provide to people that's going to let you be the obvious choice that they should choose. And so looking at the screen, right? I'm gonna take these off, we don't need this now. there we go, look, we're all back. So Tyler, you are protecting people. You are protecting people, their income, their health going forward. That's a fantastic value proposition. How do people find you? Well, go look at the market trend and say what's going on because in the financial services industry, this is the greatest transference of wealth, period. If I was Tyler, I'd be hitting up every accountant that I could know. I would hit up any financial planner I know that doesn't have a life license. And I'd be out there reaching out saying, I'd like to provide a service for your clients. Right. It's just one more benefit to your clients that you can offer at no expense to you other than texting me their name and phone number. I'll take it from there. Right. So looking at it, Frank, in the real estate industry, what is the value proposition now? Interest rates are going up which means people can't hold the price on their house as much which means what i'm going to help you buy a house at a higher interest rate knowing that in a couple years hopefully 2024 right all of a sudden the interest rates will drop and you can refinance your house at a lower rate that you paid a lower amount for and i'd be out there spouting that off everywhere desmond take away the mystery of buying a car take away from this come to the one on one person do this right? I'm going to give you an experience better than anybody else. If I were you, I'd have enough social media stuff out there to show I'm a good guy. And it's going to take a lot of work on your part, but you know, I'm a good guy. You can trust me. You can know me like me and trust me getting out there to do that. So Jimmy Melton, my buddy said catering and especially ready to eat meals. Okay, understand a ready to eat meal. How much trust do you have to have in somebody who's cooking food and sending it to you? Okay, if my face is nowhere out there attached to that product, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna sit there and go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, right? I would have set up sample teasers right take 3 of your most popular dishes cut them in half cut them into a third put them in the same tray send it off to somebody and say check it out see this why because there is a trend now that is saying eat healthier eat organic right there's also a time frame for the people that are working right <laughs> they need somebody to prepare food for them so they don't have to do it all the time it makes life much easier if it's already there i'm one of those people i don't want to spend a sunday Right. I don't want to send, spend a Sunday meal prepping for the week. That to me is not relaxing. That is not providing me immense value at this point. So, looking at that, find it, find out what's there, find the problem that you're going to do. Right. Go right back to what we said before. Find the problem, develop how you're going to go out and get the answers. Don't lie about the answers. Use them to create your strategy on a new product, new marketing, new whatever you're going to do. Get out there and check social trends and check. The other ones, here's that that page, right? So Market Explorer is gonna, all you gotta type into Google, you go to Market Explorer, it'll tell you how business is trending. And if you wanna go social searcher so that you can put your message out there, that's gonna help you a great deal because now more people will hear it because you're in front of a trend instead of the other way. So any questions, party people? Look at this, Debbie had a great point. Lie about your age, not your market research. I agree. I agree. Uh, I,
1: I don't have a question, but I have a, a comment. And I kind of uh, came forward when you were talking about uh, McDonald's in particular in there. But uh, the the holding on to a losing marketing c- campaign um, is, is another thing that I see a lot. And that market research will really help drive. Is that, you know, if the the, the normal people tell you, do this, do this, do this and you're just following exactly what they're telling you to do based off of that, but it's not working, then it's time to abandon that and move on from there. But if you're not actually looking at the analytics, you're not looking at how successful you are and your market research in in there, then you're going to keep pouring good dollar after bad uh, and, and never cut those losses.
0: Truth. Truth. See, it's hereditary, this genius thing. Yeah.
1: Just, just figured that that dollar amount that you put for McDonald's probably started at a lower one, and someone said, "We're just going to force feed them. We're going to make it happen. We're going to tell them this is what you need, and just pump more money and more money in." Oh yeah, and, and we'll get there. And and to me, that was, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have one hundred and thirty million dollars to dump into the the new burger, so you have to be smarter with every dollar you spend.
0: Correct, and
1: so. Again,
0: market research will tell you as well how much money you should be spending based on your competition. On that market search that I told you to look at, that one, let's see, was that what it was? Market Explorer. See, good thing I corrected myself, right? Market Explorer, you can pick a competing company and you can see what they're spending money on. When you do that, you now have the ability to to say what? I know they're spending X amount of dollars. If I'm not prepared to spend that much money, how are you going to outperform them? Well, then I would be jumping over to social searcher, find out what the next trend coming up and make sure my video at a lower cost point can be seen. Okay, get out there, boost a post if it's of a current trend so that you can gain more people, right? Alex Hermosi did not become Alex Hermosi overnight. He built it all up there, put it out there. His credibility offline is what gives him credibility online. And you've got to do that. All right. So Dan Altmeyer like the way he thinks, I would test the term ready to eat meals because that's what the military puts out. So if you started saying I have, right, the the ready to eat meals, then all of a sudden that's familiarity. And I love that. Go out there, find something similar that other people have, so, that you can trigger in them the positive of somebody else. Like when I talk to people here, I did training yesterday with these guys on how do you negotiate um, on the uh, when getting a car. I say, you know, typically 33% down is what the bank is looking for based on our volume power and the amount of deals that we put through the banks. We can get you down to 20% down without it negatively inf- affecting the bank approval. Okay. What do we do all the time that is a 20%? What do you use 20% for in your daily life? Right. That's typically the tip you're calculating at the end of a meal. Right. And tipping isn't viewed as a negative thing, but we're so used to in our head saying, oh, 20%. I can do 20%. I can do percent. That's right. Debbie, see, Debbie got it. I just talk faster. Okay. It's the tipping amount and tipping is not viewed as a negative thing. It's about rewarding somebody else. So in using that 20%, I triggered that in your head that it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So all of a sudden the client goes, that's math I can do. So now I don't look like a shady individual changing the way it is. Okay, So if you did a 20% discount, that means a lot more than saying a 23% or a 25% discount. 20% is math I can do, 25 I can't do. And so you need to be able to sit back and say, how do I trigger familiarity in anything that I'm doing? Okay. And that's what I want you guys looking at and going through. So no more questions, comments, anything. Better be doing some research, Tyler, Preston. That's what I'm telling you. You need a new banner behind you. Tie the life guy, not tie the car guy. I do. I do need to upgrade that. Yes. So, But he is always repping the, the real financial hat, though. He's definitely got that when he's in the office. So. I just need to new hoodie. I think that's all I need. Yes. There you go. Just make it, say thing. If you need an online store, I know how to help you get one. Oh, there
1: you
0: go. I'm going to be doing a, a live training that I'm going to record as a course on how do you build a drop shipping store. So if anybody's interested on the war games thing or on YouTube, go type in dropship. So I make sure I invite you and we sit down. Let's, and do some, it. let's ship some drops, man. Let's do it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We have nothing else. I have gone past 30 minutes. I want to make sure you still have time to eat before you get back to, you know, selling something. So thanks, everybody. Be good. Thanks, Joe.
1: This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want to educate It's time to get educated. Educated. Want to learn how to close deals? Want to learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go.